Hey, welcome to Scotch for Dummies. Tonight, we're gonna to be discussing our re-review of Ardbeg Oogadale. We're gonna be discussing the SWA, who are they and why should you care? We got some good conversation. All four of us are here tonight. Stick around. What's up, guys? Hey, guys, it is Scotch Ford. I'm four guys on a Scotch journey to help you with your next Scotch purchase. I am Drew. I'm Sean. I'm Mark. And I am Andrew. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Welcome. What's on the schedule tonight, guys? This is so much fun. We got all kinds of stuff going on tonight. Arbig! We got the Ugadale. Let's start at the very beginning. All right. The beginning of, of our experience with the Ardbeg Ugadale. Do you want to talk the us what, through what? The, the first bottle? So I, I'll talk. I'll, I'll, I'll get us to your bar. Wait a minute. Before for that, we're also going to talk about the Scotch Whiskey Association. Yeah, the SWA, who they are, why you should care. It's a really good conversation. It is a good topic, and if yes. you don't know anything about them, stay tuned and really we'll get listen to that up. This is and this will segue into that. Yes. I'm right. sure. Back to our back. But so our bag of I have no idea why I bought the first bottle. I don't know what <laughs> caught my attention. Yeah, what did catch? Because honestly, eye? we'd never really dove into a piece. Uh, I think that you had heard something or read something exactly. about it, and, and it was so exactly. different. It was so different from what we had normally done, and we hadn't done anything from Ardbeg, and it it might have been on. It wasn't on sale. No, it wasn't. It I was spent, expensive. I, spent, I think it was seventy nine ninety nine uh, when I bought it, and I saw it on the shelf, and I'm like, oh, this is coming home. That was a big pull for us. And at, at that time, we were so new to the game. We were literally all bringing things to the table every well, week. We peated whiskey, like, baby. What's this? You know? Johnny Walker Black was our peated whiskey. Oh my whiskey. gosh! Yep. I still remember going back even further when I first <laughs> started true. drinking, and I was like, a scotch that is, and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything about this. And, and Mark invited me down to his place, and he had all these Johnny. Walkers out. I couldn't even drink the Johnny Walker Black. Oh, it was so smoky. Couldn't take it. So now compare that to the Oogie. That's like night and day. So I picked this thing up in the leg store, and I am super geeked. I'm like, I cannot wait till Thursday. I'm bringing this. I mean, these guys. That's are gonna good. Do it. We get over, and I'm like, look at this. And we all gathered around your bar. We couldn't even buy some dinner. We excited. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We opened it up, and, and without even putting our nose close, we were like, what the holy crap. You know, how can you drink What are you it? doing? And I don't think any of us really um, took to it right then. No. Like, we should probably go <laughs> back and watch kind. that. I mean, we're all like, who the hell drinks this? Really, this, this is something you should burn. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that was before review. I was just going to say, that was that before was just we did it. when so we that, were hanging out. And so, oh, it was before. Yeah, yeah. This, that, was, that was it long before on the bar for like, like six months to a year before yeah. we drank it. So our, our review of this bottle was after we had started... Doing reviews, we were a little into 84. the peated. You were definitely into the peated. That was that yeah, was your you wheelhouse. Uh, but but we had all experienced it enough and understood mm. it enough mm. that it wasn't it wasn't off putting when we tried it the second time. Yeah, um, I mean we had finished a bottle. We might have finished two bottles before we got to the review. At least one, yeah. Um, but it was our our very first experience mm. at Isla. It was our very first experience of a of a single malt peated whiskey. Yeah, have we not done even okay? I think we. I think we started. Well, we probably tried a couple of those at like whiskey events, but I don't think we had purchased and brought home. Right, I would say the Oogie is probably the the pinnacle point in our peated career, if you will, if ever really getting into the Isla, what it's all about, because this definitely is pure and simple. It'll but put you well, in the face in the and side. because it was such a visceral memory, at least for me, I mean, I vividly remember when we opened that bottle and the whole basement smelled like smoke, and we're like, "What is going on?" Right. And so it was such a a, a visceral memory that I still to this day compare that bottle to anytime I'm having a peated whiskey, like that's the benchmark, and which is interesting. So. I didn't realize in my memory that this bottle was reviewed so far down after we'd started doing it. So the bottle we actually reviewed was another bottle. Yep. Because mm -hmm. what actually ends up happening with that original bottle is it sits on your bar forever. Um, and then finally we go on a fishing trip, camping fishing trip, and we get around a, a campfire and with a couple of stogies out. And the next thing you know, this thing's going down like liquid gold, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think we killed it and went on to some... Uh, Bottled and bond that night. Yes, we did. <laughs> no, we saved some because we wanted those guys to experience it because you yeah. and I were the only ones drinking. Oh. But so we came back to this 80 reviews in. 
Yeah, this is like 84 or something like that. Okay, so because the review, I just looked it up. Yeah, 2016, and uh, it was 3535353. So, I mean, <laughs> it was a 3.28, which is still, a, that's a pretty stinking high review Yeah, number. absolutely. Um, and thinking back at our first reaction to it, to what our first review of it was, is night and day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it's one of those things that you can't, you know, we, we always talk about people that want to try peated whiskeys, and we we tend to steer people away from really heavy. Like, I'm not going to send you to an Ardbeg or a Lagavulin. Like, let, let's let's come at this from, you know, maybe Lighting. something that's lightly peated. You know, let, let's maybe go up and, and try a Highland Park. Right. You know, or a or, burn. Yeah, or, you know, something that's not quite as heavily peated, not to scare you off, to let your palate acclimate to what peat is so you can appreciate it, yeah. you know? But then again, there are people that jump in with both feet and are like, I love this peated stuff. Where yeah. do I get more? So, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's like, oh, okay. a personal journey. Now let's begin. Right. But <laughs> for the most part, I think that, yeah. it, you know, a lot of the, of the big heavy distilleries on Islet, it's, so, it's difficult to start with a lot of those. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm. Leave that for a second. That's your 10, right? Yeah, I want to. I want to compare the, this. The thing what I like about this so, is they've added that that they've in, intensified the sherry balance into that peated whiskey, and so it brings out a really visceral balance between that sweetness and that oh, smoke. Oh, it's there for sure. And, and if you do this with a cigar or a pit campfire, oh, yeah, it brings yeah. down the smoke and the sweetness just pops. It blends. Yeah. And I think yeah. that was the, the big revelation we had. I think it was the cigars that we it, first it was that, that at your house in your backyard. Um, smoking a cigar, we brought the Oogadale. I was like, well, maybe we could try it now. And That's then right. we saw all of a sudden, it was like, That's right. what? We didn't get any of that before. It was, right. And we haven't honestly done a review or, or anything like that after smoking a cigar. I mean, that, there's no doubt that's a whole different game. Like, yeah. You can get in this like, serious cigar sure. smoking and stuff. But to your yeah. point, there's nothing like having a stogie and an, an islet scotch. You yeah. really get some. But look at the, the color difference between the 10 and the. Which the, one is well, the 10? That's the Sherry. That's the yeah. Sherry. Yeah. Sherry. I mean, look at the sure. 10 is so clear. It's yeah. almost like, well, I mean, it's amazingly clear. And that's the only, I think we said in the review, that's the only age statement. Is that correct? Oogadale's not age. No, the, the 10. 10. The 10, yeah. The yeah. yeah. so yeah. 10 is the only, which is crazy. Except for the wee beastie, which is which a five. Which is now a five. That's true. Well, they've, and they've got the 23, I think, or it's 20 something. But it's 23 year old. But. That's an offshoot, I would call it. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I just the color difference is astronomical. See, well, Whiskey Mystery said Deepa was straight into the peat. And, I, you know, it's funny too. because I, I don't think they're definitely in the minority, but there are definitely some people that we've talked to that are like, oh, yeah, I loved it the first time I tasted it. And you're like, really? That's I mean, that's what I loved about Johnny Black when I was just doing blended whiskeys at the time. They'd had that smokiness it just, so well and yeah. i've noticed a lot of the people that really can appreciate the peat like right off the bat it's a lot of women and i i don't know if really? their palates are i mean their palates are definitely different than men's i think they're more sensitive so, to be honest with you which but i wonder if they if they get some of the complexity because a lot of the peated whiskeys are fairly complex and so if if that's mm. the if that's the draw i'm assuming um deep, deep drinks Black coffee and dark beer. I mean, right. I, guess. That's I, mean, I drank black that. coffee and dark beer, but when I first tried the peated whiskey, it was a little much. Yeah. And I, I mean, I that's I true. taste I taste all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but you've you got you got a more refined palate than ninety percent of ninety nine. But but normally I can just power through it and like it kind of is what it is. Oh, okay. This is the style. You know what I mean? And and so it kind of took me off guard still. So so. I'll tell you what, man. I started off, when we started talking about Ubedo, I had 10 in, the, in my glass. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had made a comment in my left ear here, you know, how, how much you really enjoy that 10. It's wonderful. And, it, and, I was thinking, and I was like, yeah, it yeah. is. It really is. And I finished it off, rinsed the glass out real quick, and went to this. I love Ubedo. It, it's, <laughs> it's just, so good. I mean, seriously. I, it, it, it's the 10 with a little extra. And I just, I, I just well, like, oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's so wonderful. I mean, we didn't. We didn't really even talk about sherry too much until we started drinking this again. And you, I think you said it during the review, it was a sherry bomb. I'm like, you're, it kind of is. It's a peated sherry bomb. It kind of is in that factor. Um, it's so it's so complex. Like, we, you know, you get into some of these eyelids and they're usually kind of one dimension. This this has character. It has something to build upon. And, and it's, I think it's decent ABV, right? 
What is 46? it? 46? 46? Well, no, so you can still play with it somewhat, but I mean, so complex for what you're getting out of it, it. You know what the other thing that probably threw us off when we first tried the Ugadale was that it's 54%. Yeah. And that was back before we drank a lot of oh, higher proof ABV. We're 40, you know, 43% yep. at that time. And we were like, that's all you need. Why would right. you want to go higher than that? We should put a big ice ball on it. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. And we had all different shapes and cubes and squares great, and spheres. And, and, and that was all Oh, we good. used to rate, he had an R2-D2 or something. I, ice I ball. had Death Star. Death Star. Yeah. And I had all kinds. Someone had, just commented yesterday. I had Tardis. They said... I subscribe solely because there's a TARDIS in the background. Whose is that? And I'm like, it's Sean's, and he's quite fond of it. But, I mean, it's just, it takes me back to when we started, uh, what we were doing. Dark Belgium Trappospheres, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, 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 at the end of the day, I think we rescored this one. I know I gave it a four, which is kind of crazy. Right. And so you, you guys went from a three five. You went from a three to a four, and we all stayed at three five, <laughs> which is still very consistent when you look at it from a, a scoring perspective. Yeah, um, I it, think I think I basically have just a, you know adapted my palate, appreciated more things. Well, and you you talked about that right at the beginning when you're talking about Johnny Walker. Your palate has probably matured the most of the four because mm-hmm. I mean at the very beginning of the journey you were really standoffish to Scotch in general. I mean yeah. honestly, the only thing that brought you into the game was Mac Twelve. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And and at that time, by the time we you got into the Mac Twelve, and I. I'm already, you know, 10, 12 different bottles of scotch in. He's already been a scotch drinker since he was 21 or younger. I don't know why, but what the hell. (laughs) Why does a 21-year-old? But anyway, so I think you, the one that came in the the greenest. Probably, I would agree. Which means you had more room I I mean, it's almost safe to say I'm the reason why we started, because his house, he had the 12, and I'm like, hey, I've never had it before. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I want to learn about it. That's where we kind of started the tradition. And we did. And then we killed a whole bottle in Look your kitchen now. table playing cards or something. I don't remember what it was. Well, it's probably you. <laughs> so what do you, what do you <laughs> make that into a t-shirt? What's that? Time and relative dimension in scotch. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's that's bigger a- on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's a so good one. There's a lot of good comments coming back with uh, Bobby J says, Oogie was my first peated scotch as well. Had a drama at the bar. The waitress said she hates pouring it. And my wife I love said, it. what the? You Bobby, you're perfect. I love the comment. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Exactly that's ideal. What and Scotch on the Body says almost most all of my whiskey girlfriends love smoky whiskey. So I'm telling you, I've, I have seen a lot of people talk about, not just on here, but like just in articles in general, that uh, there's a lot of women that when they try the smoky whiskeys, that they, they enjoy them more off the bat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's funny, Zach. Yeah, Why do you want to let them drink up all your booze? <laughs> That's a good point. But you know, it's funny. My wife can definitely tell when I've poured a, uh, a peated scotch oh, in a basement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Of it. yeah. It's like, it's like so, a campfire. You can't not smell of it. I right. Mean, you're, you're, you're not hiding it by any means. Yeah. But uh, interesting <laughs> conversation. And I, I think you, you did make a point that I wanted to bring to the light again that Ardbeg is interesting to me because it really only has, well, now two. Well, two. I think there's a 19 year old, too, that Steve but didn't mention. It, but still, it, technically, the vast in majority their core, of their core. In their core, there's one bottle. Right. Well, now it's got, two. We beastie is now. You've got Anno, you've got Ugadale, you've got Corey and Those are the kind of their big core. Brand and they're all non-age, uh, and they're very all success. They're, they're all not, very successful no, in their own right. And they're not overly expensive either, for the most no, part. No, they're that. What, well, I for mean, a non-age statement, it is. Well, yeah. I, okay. I think that they are the poster child for doing NAS whiskeys correctly. Mm-hmm. Sure, oh, yeah, they, they a have point. a good product. Um, nobody complains about it. Nobody says a word about Ardbeg. You Being know, non-age. Yeah, putting out NAS bottles or whatever because they put out really good bottles. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. so I think if you're putting out good quality whiskey, nobody cares. That's the thing. Well, it's it's high for a non-age statement, but it's not overpriced. Well, and Hoagie mentioned about cast strength and, and how... <laughs> Love you, Hoagie. Yeah, how, how it's so much value. It, it's true. Like, even even what Argument does at the, 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 the Uga Day. What's the quarry of reckon at? It's probably... I don't know. We don't have... We, don't have, we have an O. An O's at... Um, Forty-six-six. No. I, I want to say Corey Reckon is higher than. It might be even around the same. But the point is, is that they not only do they give you an NES with complexity and stuff, but they also give it to you a pretty damn good ABV, so mm-hmm. you can play with it. Yep. And then you can it really opens up. I mean, with with water. So I mean, that's that's. It's got it's got depth and complexity, extra. and it's it's nice. And you know, I don't care if it's. You know, I don't care how long it's aged. It's a well, good scotch. The, yeah, on that topic, this very this morning, I was talking to a colleague at work on Teams. You know, on a little headset, mm-hmm. and 
he's a bourbon drinker, lives out on the West Coast, and I haven't talked to him in months. Uh, and we got to talking about uh, Uncle Nearest. I don't know if you know about that bourbon, I have, right? I have you, bottles on my bar. Good for you. Anyway, and I asked him if he'd had some, and no, and I, I, I pointed him that direction. And we got to talking, and he had made a comment about having a problem spending a lot of money on a non-aged whiskey. And I said, hey, man, we have this conversation all the time. Oh, yeah. I can, I can argue both sides of that coin for you. I said, but at the end of the day, I want to say to you is close your eyes and is the whiskey good? And is the whiskey good enough at the price you paid for it? I don't care if it's got a statement on it or not. Does it taste? Doesn't, doesn't does, care about the brand. Right. Is the quality of that whiskey in your mouth and on that nose worth what you paid for it? If it is, then who gives a rat's rear end how old or how young it was? Because I can point you to some age statement scotches and bourbons that are way too expensive for what you get in oh, the Oh, absolutely. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Way too absolutely. expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a double-edged sword. It you is. Know? Um, but at the end of the day, I think that Ardbeg puts out good quality whiskeys at a reasonable price for what you're getting. Like, I've never so felt that I've I gotten so. ripped off buying a bottle. For right. I, I, it's I think not the, for everyone. The only bottle <laughs> that I felt was overpriced or I was like, man, you guys, you, you kind of freaking put that one above my reach. And I, I was upset. It was the 20 something. I mean, it was, you know, it was a 23 yeah. year old bottle, but it came in at like 549. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. It was, it was good though. I was, I was good, but man, come on. I will say that the, the drum was probably not. That's the only one that's been a let down for me. Yeah. I was not. Well, Grooves wasn't. Groups was pretty good. It was okay. The drum was not good. Drum to me was was weak. Yeah. Is it still part of their... Dude, that dark coat no. was fire. Yeah, the dark oh, yeah. coat was delicious. But I don't think... I, don't, I haven't seen the drum anywhere. I haven't here. seen the drum either. Okay. So, so that would be a gift whiskey. Those were... Exactly, Tom. You're right. If, if it's a gift, you, you don't worry about the price. And I think where I know where you're going with you actually gave us some of that 20-something, and that's how we were fortunate. Oh, and it was amazing. And it was amazing. I love you. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that. Um, I, I wish I had I a think that's the point he was making. So at the end of the day, Ardbeg does some damn good stuff. Um, I think, you know, this review this week was solid. I really enjoyed drinking it with you guys again mm -hmm. and kind of re-reviewing yep. it. Right. Um, at the end of the day, if, if you're not, if you've not been into the Ardbeg line, dig to yourself a favor, get into it. For, be forewarned, it is a trip. It's, it's something that you're not going to just, you know, you're not going to, Kind of wade into the water in this thing. Yeah, I'm going right for margaritas in. into Ardbeg. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I love this name, Dram Bam. Thank you, ma'am. I don't know if I've noticed Dram Bam. Thank you, ma'am, on before, but that is awesome. that's pretty good. And Drum is still available on shelves in Houston. There you so, go. <laughs> I'm sure that's out there in a few places, but not not great. And that was kind of the consensus from everybody. Anyway, mm -hmm. yes, I agree. Ardbeg, awesome stuff. Go for it. So. Let's um let's pour another dram. I think I'm gonna go from Mugadel to Anno just That's to see what, what I happens. Just did and it's it's not as good. Not nearly as good. <laughs> oh, you should have no. finished with it. You should have started with it. <laughs> That's all right. So um I'm gonna do that and let's let's. You know what we should talk about before we get into the SWA? What's that? Buying a house with your scotch. Oh, you oh, want so, scotch uh, news? So we didn't actually prepare any scotch for the news links and everything, but this did come up several times on my feed and so Sean's yeah. reminded us yeah let, let's talk about what happens here all right so yeah. this this gentleman uh when his son is born goes out and buys a bottle of 18 year old McAllen uh with the year statement on. I think it was 72 74 74 um and so he he thought it would be nice to buy a bottle every year for his son's birthday for 18 years so that on his 18th birthday he would have 18 bottles of 18-year-old scotch to drink on his 18th birthday. Seems like a lot of scotch to put down on one day, but, you know, I'm game for whatever. I'm so, so this guy, when he, you know, he's an adult now. I think he's in his 20s. And he, he took his whole collection. He's going to sell it at, at auction to put a down payment on his house. And so we, we've had some, some uh, text so, messages going around about it because, number one, it's... You know, would, would we have made it? Would we have not opened those bottles? Hell no. I don't know. Nope. No. No. Not us four. <laughs> no, not happening. Here, here's what I say. If you were, if it was now, absolutely you would open it. If you were like 23, I don't know if I'd open that. Like, I, I, at 23, 24. I wasn't even scotching like, 23. To be fair, 
I drank. No, I've neither. been drinking scotch a long no time. Way. But I don't know that I would have been like, ooh, 18-year-old scotch, let's bust this open. Because no I, I just don't think that I would have been into that. And if I could sell it and buy a house, I, think I probably would have done that. I think that. it's a pretty practical point, though. I mean, if, if you're if you're buying your first, is it his first house? Yeah, yeah if you're, you're buying your first house, that's a freaking big punch in the gut. I mean, so that's a big punch in the gut. you got a way to do it. His family told him not to drink them. And then right. Yeah, the, yeah. His dad specifically told him not he to had, drink. There were instructions. Yeah, right. And so, I mean, I think that it's it's interesting that he he's doing that. Estimated value is fifty three thousand dollars. So, I mean, it's a it's a chunk of change, and it would be difficult that's a to. A, that's a PMI. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that I would probably yeah. do the same thing. But I would have too. I mean, at the on the other hand, It'd be hard, but it would be interesting to just sit on that whiskey for ten or fifteen or twenty years, and maybe think about your dad and and open a bottle every now and then and. You know, that's that's the kind of gift that you can't replace. Like right. you're, you're selling that off. Right. So, you know. Yeah, but that's getting you into a although, house. Although he's, I'm sure his dad's smiling down saying, I just help you buy a house. That's pretty damn right. awesome. So, too. interestingly enough, let's talk about this. Dad bought 18 bottles of 18-year-old McKellen. I don't know what 18-year-old McKellen cost in 1974. I know what it costs today, and I think it's overpriced. But let's just say he had 18 bottles. What's the, the I actual, think, what was, what was I the cost? I think that they said that he spent... It was either, I want to say like two or three thousand pounds. It might have been a little bit oh, more. Oh, okay. Than that. So let's just say twenty five hundred pounds. That, that's a thousand. That's and hundred pounds each. Yeah, and but dude, they, they were much. giving away scotch that's in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. So it's eighteen bottles but, at fifty pounds a piece. That's but when you get bucks. into the two thousands, brown liquors. He never again. made it to the two thousands. He was born in nineteen seventy four. So would it, well, he would have been eighteen. So two thousand two. Yeah, that was starting to come back. But what is no, eighteen? What does eighteen-year-old no, McCallan go for now? Oh yeah, eighteen-year-old McCallan, two fifty. Yeah, it's in the two hundred and fifty range. Yeah, but I mean, so that's what I'm saying. And so, you know, at a hundred. Okay, so he's, even if it's a two, say, we'll say two thousand. Say two thousand pounds, and now it's fifty-three hundred, and now it's fifty-three thousand dollars. He must not have gotten them all on time. Yeah. Hmm. Either so, way. It's a it's a good return on your investment. That's what I wanted to make a right. point of. I, mean, <laughs> I don't care if you're that's putting buying your money stock low and selling high. Well, yeah, who cares what the the the, the actual commodity is? It's got a pretty damn good. Well, return. Now, well I was gonna say if he's if it was to oh, be fair, it was, it was bottled in seventy four. It was not purchased in seventy four. Right. Uh, it, it, or no, it was it was distilled. It was distilled in seventy four because he's tw he's only twenty six now. Because right. he was born in seventy four, he'd be forty six. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a different. Tom Mars saying Mac eighteen is three fifty a bottle. That's ridiculous. Now. So <laughs> Mac McCallan is just pumped it's their prices what, up. What nobody in the story has talked about is the fact that his dad kind of lucked out in the fact that he bought McCallan. Oh, totally. Right. Well, so or, or well, but here's the thing. Like, let's say Dad went to the liquor store and he was like, "I'm gonna buy a bottle of 18 year old Royal Salute." <laughs> right? right? Same thing, well, right? Can, like 18 year old Scotch. Doers 18. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it doesn't have to be, but I mean, he he splurged and, and got a nice bottle, so I get that part. But I mean, it, he was helped by the fact that it was McAllen. Absolutely. Because oh, if it was, there's only a few labels right that would have by. increased in value like that. Oh, yeah. McAllen has played the market well and played the game. Ma and McAllen is the Tesla of the, of the freaking. They really are. They play. And you know, it's kind of like finding a mint condition comic books. Like they bought these to save them. It wasn't you right know, to they, read. They kept them in a in a safe, secure place. They they preserved them well. They had all the documentation, I'm sure. So for an auction, like that's a big deal. You yeah, know? it's a collection. There, and yeah, it's there's all. Oh, so the says that that was a 28 year bottle set. Oh, really? He so, didn't do it just for for 18 years. He did it for 28 years. So he so, kept going. And that makes more sense on the value of 23, uh, 53,000 pounds. But it, it's a it's a feel good story, right? right. It was a fun you know, story to talk it's, about. It's interesting. I so. had uh, I had the first person that brought it to my attention on Facebook. Uh, was uh, I know you know him, Tom from the uh, the pub crawls. Oh yeah. Okay, Tom. Anyway, he sends it to me, and I replied to him on Facebook Messenger. I'm like, Hey, Tom. I said, 
I appreciate the great story. I said, but if I'm that guy, I'm living in a cardboard box because I drank that scotch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I feel like now you open it up and you're like, oh, this, tail, this smells like tire too. And like put the cork back on it and just set it to the side. And <laughs> this, from the, this from the bunker uh, commander. Uh, uh, yeah, he's got a bunker of scotch. Like, no, I drink it all. <laughs> you drink it all. Dude, I go through it as much as I can, but that's, you can only freaking have so many open bottles. Yeah, that's funny. So you don't know that, that maybe this guy's dad bought two bottles. One to drink, one to keep. Ooh, that's a smart man. That's the way you do I'm things. A, you know what? I'm going to go with this wee beastie again. Give all right, I'm going shot. to Anna. We'll see what happens. So let's 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 do a 90-degree turn here, guys, and talk about the main topic, and that's the, the SWA. Uh, what yeah. is the SWA? What does that stand for? Scotch Whiskey Association. Scotch whiskey. And just what the hell is the Scotch Whiskey It's the whiskey Avengers thing? of Scotch. Or we, the, uh, we were having a, a discussion, Andrew and I, was. before really we started, uh, whether you would consider it a... A trade association or a political action committee, and yeah. I think it's kind of a both. little bit of both, yeah. right? Yeah, the the, the one uh, nuance that, that Sean talked about that he doesn't think it's a, a political action committee because we don't know if they like contribute to the campaigns of different. They do lobby. They do lobby, but that, that doesn't that doesn't mean okay. do they contribute like. I'll give you five hundred dollars towards your next next campaign. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know if they do that. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. So they they do lobby for sure. They're definitely a trade group. A trade group yeah. lobby. And that's in, lobby. In yes, too, yeah. for sure. So they so this association they have over seventy members. You have to be either a you have to be involved in the wholesale distribution of whiskey to be involved with them. So, so you have to basically be a distiller, a blender. You have to bottler or a wholesaler. Yeah, or a wholesaler. You have to be part of. You, you yeah. can't be a cooper or you know involved in transportation or marketing Retail. or anything. Wow. You know on, on those side businesses, you have to be involved in making the whiskey itself but in some fashion. It, it spawned out of the Bars and Wine Association. Nineteen twelve. Nineteen forty-two. Well, it was twelve. It was wine. It was, was and the then Wine and Bar Association. Is, and yeah. Then changed it over to Scotch. And then the SW spawns out. So it's been around for a minute. It's not yeah, like yeah. this is something no. that just happened in the two thousands. These this association's been around for. Years. Yeah, it's funny well, because somebody mentioned in the comments that's the same thing. It's kind of like the HOA of the Scotch industry. It really, is a volunteers, kind of hardcore people that got into it and really kind of organize it and oversee it. But then it's turned into more of a trading and oh, it's a li liberal big and, budget association. So, so when yeah. did they when did they officially set the rules for Scotch whiskey? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I don't know. Do you? I don't know. No, I don't know. I thought you were segueing yourself. I only had an internet device. I could look it up. No, I got to do it now. So I find it interesting because, you know, in America, we have a lot of different lobbying groups. National Restaurant Association, there's Association of Bars and Restaurants. A lot of the distillers have their own association so that they can go talk to lawmakers and things like that. To me, the SWA is, is a similar organization, you know, that spawned out of necessity because they have, it's a big dollar business. Sure. And they want to make sure that that their interests are looked out for within the country that they're established in and also internationally to make sure that the Scotch whiskey brand, if you will, is yeah. is protected and, and taken care of in the, in the right way. So, so before we get into what they do as far as protecting and stuff like that, this, this association, it's made up, it's got a board. Yep. Um, it's got uh, members of the association, 70 corporations, we'll say, yep. something close to that nature. Yep. And there are rules to become a member, and you and I can't just go be a member. Well, right? no. And so does each member allow one representative, or do they have like multiple? Well, so that's what I don't know, if they, have, if they allow these members to vote. Do they have a, a say, or what do they do? The, What's a membership mean? The... So you have to basically pay dues if you're a member. Okay. And you're represented by the group. Um, your dues are based off of your production volume. So oh, I wonder how they did that. And, that's crazy. And it's well, it's nice because if you've got a, a big distillery that's putting out, you know, millions of liters of, of booze, and then you've got Edredor, right? Who's Four not? People. You know, so it's kind of like the senior it's not discount. Well, it's, so it's we, not fair we to joined, charge. We'd have we'd owe three dollars. Well, it's not because <laughs> we It's not fair <laughs> to charge everybody. Right. You know, someone who cares. It's not fair to charge McAllen a hundred bucks to join. 
and it's not fair to charge Edador three million dollars to try right, it. Right, so, right. so I think that it's fair that they do it off of um, like their, the their production volume. Um, <laughs> and then once you are established, they've got a, 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 a managing committee, basically. I think there's 16 members. Council, yeah. yeah, a council. Uh, and then they've got you know committees below that that are right. in charge of various things. Um, so I, I'm thinking that it's kind of like Congress. If you're a if you're a member of the SWA, you probably have. And it looked like based off of who's on the committee, it's all executives. Right. Um, you know, I only saw a couple of people who were actually involved with distilling. A lot of people were involved in logistics and marketing and CEOs, you know, of yeah, DIGO vice president stuff. of you know certain things. Right. And a lot of people had um, a pretty big resume mm. to go with their title. <laughs> Very true. And, which is nice because a lot of people that I saw had been involved in a lot of different countries in various aspects with their job. So you All know that the they spirits, had, yeah. Industry. And so you know that they had contacts. You know, if I worked in Australia for five years, you know, That's for Diageo at some place down there, and now I'm in Scotland. Well, I've got contacts still in Australia. So if we're going down there to talk to people, you know, let's stop by and talk to this guy. Um, so it helps if you're if you're doing something like that to know who to talk to if you're having a problem. Or, so that's or the governing board. They have 36 employees broken up under five different uh, silos in their organization. And I forget what yep. the five are. It's like, I've got them. There, you? There's one industry Yes. that talks about, you know, they're, I think that's the committee I'd want to be on because they involve development of grains. They're talking about, you know, um, occupational <coughs> safety in the manufacturing plants. They're talking about, you know, certain excise controls. Um, you know, development of, uh, I think they were the one that sponsored the uh, work on um, how alcohol affects whiskey and the, the level of guaiacol and the surface of the whiskey as you add water content and things Sounds like that. Sounds like a Dr. Scott's thing. So they're doing totally. research on They're doing research on whiskey and whiskey making. And so that's, that's a cool one. Then they have an international side, a legal side, a strategy communication, and then corporate services. So that's kind of the admin side. So internationals talk about customs, importation, Taxation. That's where they go through the whole EU Brexit thing, and they're working through how Scotch whiskey is going to deal with that on an international scale. Legal is like the group that does that sued that um, the company in Virginia that did a Virginia Highland. And oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. Virginia oh, yeah, yeah. Whiskey, yeah, yeah. So right, they sued right. them for using the word Highland. Right. right. So there's right. the kind of legal side to help reinforce their brand. Right. Because the Scotch whiskey is a brand it. that right. you have to. Enforce as well. IP um, strategy and communications does more of that um, political engagement, and then they that's like member services and IT and, and information management. That's their kind of thing. So it's broken into different committees. Industry one, I think that's where I'd want to be on if we ever got so, a chance to be on. The that's board. the organization. That's yep. your leadership, your board, your, your council, yep. your structure, your member, your members, your employees and staff. Now, what do they really do, right? So when you you were talking about so, it earlier, and I so they to... they maintain uh, lobbying groups in various positions in the UK. Um, so you know Westminster, they've got a, a group that you know can lobby. Um, you know, and and a lot of it is you know taxation or if there's any kind of. Um, rules that the government's enforcing on on stuff like a tariff um, from the U.S. Right, they get upset well, with that. <laughs> so that doesn't have anything to do with the U.K. government. But when no. the U.K. government goes over to the U.S. to talk to uh, representatives from our government about you know trade disputes and things like that, part of the delegation is SWA. Members, members, right? And so they're coming over to talk to not only government people to talk to them about you know what can be done about the tariffs, but they're also talking to trade representatives over here that you know either importers or you yep. know distillery people for bourbon because you know bourbon's got a tariff going the other way into right. the EU. So yep. you know they, there's a lot of interconnectedness, and so they're they're talking to the people that they know to try and get you know, some kind of resolution to that. But, um, you know, it's not just the U.S., it's it's everywhere. You know, it's, it's new markets that they're going into if they're sending a delegation to China, you know, or, or maybe a country that doesn't really have a whole lot of Scotch whiskey representation. You know, what does that look like importing it? You know, who do we need to talk to to get this into your country? Um, protections for the brand. 
So you don't have, you know, Joe Schmo down the street that's, Copy you know, it. yeah, that's distilling, you know, some some stuff out in the hills and, and bringing it into town. And calling, calling, it it Glenn, calling it Glenlivet. Or, or like if, if you are in Korea and you get Scotch blue thinking you've got Johnny Walker blue, it's not the same stuff. <laughs> well, really? That's, that's really? one of the big things they go after. I mean, their intellectual property, they go after all those people that say, listen, they're, they're basically policing the name Scotch and what you can do with it. Because if you think... You're calling Scotch anywhere else but Scotland, you're wrong. <laughs> so if it implies some way of form of a Scotch, like one of the things that I read today that they're, there's some kind of whiskey producing kit no, that, that. that they're producing now they're selling in the UK that they're going after because it's like you can't, that's not, yeah. it doesn't say Scotch on it, but you can't produce Maybe whiskey in your house and they call it, you know, so they're, they're going after and protecting the Scotch, the name itself. So let's talk about the technical document. And this will probably uh, geek you out. Yeah, right? see, I didn't look so at that wait, today. Okay, yeah. talk to me about that. I was going to say, we're, we're missing a big aspect of what they do. You're so go as, a, as a trade organization, they're, they're making a... Uh, they're establishing rules and giving a level playing field to everybody that wants to make scotch. If you want to make scotch, here's what you need to do. Exactly. Right? You need to follow these guidelines exactly. to get it done. On the one hand, that's nice. As as a consumer, I know what I'm getting in my glass when I can I can look at the label, I can see what's going on. So from that aspect, it's it's comforting to know what I'm going to be pouring in. Regulate it, right? Yep. Um, the downside is it kind of stifles innovation a little bit. Yep. You know, if you want to call it Scotch, you're going to have to follow these rules. Kind of is what it is. You know, and is it a little <laughs> stuffy? Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to put purple shutters on my house, but the HOA won't allow it. It's the right? same idea. Same, exact same reason. I mean, it's the same problem. Right. Yeah. And it is, you know, and I don't want your purple shutters across my street. I'm just saying. <laughs> it lowers the value uh, of my house. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so I mean, I, I kind of get both sides of this, and I think that it would be nice if they were a little more flexible, but it's a... They showed some flex. Well, but here's the thing. It's, it, it's a gradual change, right? It, it's a... It's a bureaucracy. Well, it's a anytime evolution. you want to get something through a bureaucracy, it's yes. going to take time and pressure to, to kind of turn the boat a little bit. Right. They didn't just establish last week. I mean, they've been around for a long time, so right. they've got old ways. It's and, going to take time to well, kind of get through. And they don't want to take. just say, okay, you know what? I know uh, two of these places want to do uh, these weird caskings, right? Like... It was filled with tar, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna dump some scotch in it and see what happens. See if it's might good, be good. Right? And yeah, you know, and and so I think you know, I mean, that's part of the protecting the brand. They want to make sure that what's coming out. It's the same reason why it takes so long to approve a barley strain. You know what I mean? It's it's a, a decade long process <laughs> to to get a barley strain approved because they want to make sure that it's producing the enough alcohol that it's producing, you know, the right flavors and there's not like problems in the in the mechanics. I mean, you talked about that like just the industrial process of utilizing that, you know, is there too much protein in here? Is it going to foul the equipment up? So yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that as consumers we don't really think about, no, but no. Think about it. for an industry you know, they've got to make decisions. And, you know, I think it's nice that it's not just the big names making those calls because some of the people on the committee, I was like, oh, that's a really small distillery. So, yeah. question so it's good. Guys. So does that, talking about that, does every distillery, then McAllen to Ardbeg to whoever, do they have to make, we're going to make a new bottle. Do they have to go through SWA to kind of get approval for everything? Not new it, bottle. If it's, so it depends. <laughs> if, it's, if it's something that is just using tried and true techniques, if you're if you're dumping stuff into a sherry butt, then you're you're probably fine. If you're doing anything that's like new or not normal, typical stuff, okay. like if it's if it's something a little bit out of the ordinary, then stretching they, the boundaries, then they have an approval process that you go through that you submit, and they come out and they inspect and like follow your process, and then they can Tell put that. their and it's like a they come out every two years to inspect and see what's going on. So. Even after the distillation, and you know, they follow along with the caskings and what you're doing in the process before you put it in bottles. But the follow-up to that is, do they come and inspect regular processes? Well, that's a so um, John Glacier, what is the splice tree? Right. That apparently didn't follow the guidelines. Is it spice and they, they had to 
No, Stranger and Stranger. Stranger and Stranger. They couldn't no. call it Scotch. No, it has no, no. To be... The original version of Spice Street, there was something about it that they didn't follow the rules and they had to actually recall the bottles. Yes. Oh, I think you're right. I mean, it's the second version of Spice Street. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't remember the details on that. And you're I'm sure right. these guys can talk Somebody's going to have it but, on time. So time. that's the question is, did they think they were within limits and the Maybe. SWA said, really not but that's also one of the things he likes i mean i know he appreciates SWA, but he also likes to play with them a little he does because play stranger and stranger is a good indication of that like it's all scotch except for one wee one percent so now it's a, a but he didn't spirit. call it scotch no he called and it so that's how he gets around oh, right, so right, it's right. that spirit or something and you know what i know it, it's kind of you yeah. know thumbing your nose at well, whatever big enough to you can do that right sure. but i think that you know everybody on the on the front end and the back end, understands what's going on, Wood right? Stays. So, uh, I think that that's right. Woodstays. You know, there's a lot of of those kinds of things, like stuff that you're like, really, that's a thing, but they laid out the rules for a reason. Well, right? but the thing is, the thing that's interesting about that is that um, had John and others not pushed it, do you think we'd have mezcal casks right now? No. I mean, that's the thing. Maybe people. I mean, these guys are desperate for sales. People, too, so. people are pushing the limit because you know. Why not try it? Well, Why not I, I think that it's. It? I think it's to the point that it's it's a marketing thing now. You know, like what else can we Inter give States, them? That's right. Yeah, um, and and that's fine. Um, but I think that there has to be some rules and some established precedent to say this is going to be drinkable, right? Well, I mean, well, see what you've got in in the U.S. There's less regulation about that. So Zach just brought it up. I was going to say Maker's Mark, Maker's Forty Six. Um, they do a lot of stave work and they've got and you can you can actually go and design a barrel with maker's mark where you can pick the barrel you can pick what staves you want in it what char what wood what and you can you can create your own barrel from them and call it bourbon or whatever they they call it at the time that's good to see where, <laughs> and, and but it's a different there there are fewer rules for that kind of thing in the u.s and so that's why you get peach wood and all these kind of things sometimes they're good Sometimes they don't, maybe don't now, work so well. well. Eric Wade Eric, brings yeah. up an interesting topic because they were, you know, the SWA pursues legal action around the world on producers falsely labeling their whiskey scotch. Right. But they also overreact and tried to sue Glenn Breton in Nova Scotia, Canada for using the term Glenn. Sure. Well, that and, was like the Virginia Highland. And, and so that's I right. think that there's a little bit of that that's like, okay, well, now you're going you're a little, too little bit too far, right? Like... You have you have lock on Scotch, not Glen. How about that? Like we're named Glen, right? And so I think that there's some stuff that they need to you know dial back. But on the other hand, you know they've got a billion dollar industry that they're trying to to protect. And so well, they've absolutely. they've got to you know push the push back on those boundaries and make sure that people aren't encroaching. At and all. you pay a premium for Scotch, right? Over bourbon. Over American oh, whiskey, absolutely. over French whiskey, so, over Taiwanese well, whiskey. Some would argue different now, but yes. I mean, but let's, let, let's, not argue, let's not kid ourselves and think that the bourbon industry, the American whiskey industry, and the Canadian don't have similar associations that are... I mean, it's it's uh, they're looking out for the best. I mean, this is actually one of Scotland's treasures. You look at the numbers, the raw numbers, yeah. it's crazy. The, the, the money that is involved a lot of money. with a lot the of Scotch money. industry in Scotland and the UK in general... Is it's a gold mine. They cannot afford to let it go south. No. So I, I brought the trivia question to you guys earlier. I'm not sure if you were here or not. The 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 big the, the export the number. How much money do you think it makes for the UK in exporting scotch every year? I didn't know. I didn't know that. So I, that that's, that's a good question. Yeah, well, you guys know now, right? I so can't say because you already told me. I'm gonna have to find out what this guy's drinking. Oh, it's gotta be billions. Yeah. Um, wow. So I was re reading that there's. Uh, it's 170 pounds per second or minute or something. I can't remember what it was. Well, it was 42 second, bottles. I I think 42 bottles per minute or something like that being sold. So, yeah, I don't know what's it. 4.3 billion pounds, which is around five and a half million. Billion. Five and a half million. Thank you, yes. And, I, and I, I did see, so SW also has stats on their website if you want to look through Dude, that. Five and a half billion dollars a year. On Scotch. Now, a lot of that is blends, I would think. Nine, Absolutely. Nine out of every ten bottles coming uh, of whiskey, of Scotch is a blended. Is it really? Well, so, I don't fit that, fit that stat. <laughs> no, that, that's because France is the number one consumer of, of by volume of Scotch whiskey. 
but not by value. Because they're drinking lots of they're drinking lots of blends. Yep. Yeah. Tons of blends. Yep. So let's talk about this technical document that they have. Okay, yeah, yeah, we get back to that. So the reason that they have this technical document is because they're back. If you have a product that is produced okay. in a geographic area, mm -hmm. all right? Okay. So let's say, let's call it bourbon. Okay, <laughs> right? so Kentucky. Right? No, but, but, you know, but in Kentucky. well, you can't make bourbon in Brazil. It's anywhere in the U.S., though, right? Right. So mm -hmm. Scotch in Scotland, if, if you're making it in that area, now you have to have a technical document that specifies not only that it's it has to be made here, but what it is. You can't just go make it in your bathtub in Scotland. And call it scotch. Right. It's got to be produced in a specific way. It has to have specific characteristics in order for it to be labeled as scotch. And so this 90-page-plus document lays out all of the technical specifications that you have to follow in order to call your funk, your beverage scotch so if any of our subscribers are tuning in from scotland right now and you've got the urge to start distilling some scotch we'll get you this document you can go to the swa's website download it and uh there's your starting manual is that what you're saying <laughs> i mean it's it's very detailed like really detailed i know it's but, dry. but it has to be because it's basically a legal precedent for this is what scotch whiskey right. is right yeah. so i mean this is the document that when that distillery puts highland on their label they bring over here when they sue them and say it has to be this mm -hmm. this is what it has to be and so they can't label their stuff with our stuff because it's not Part of the but Highland about. isn't a right term. That's the thing. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Michael. Hey, so for our podcasters, we've talked about a couple of times the whole bottle. What was the deal? What was the story behind the Highland? I know that basically is some is it a bourbon somewhere? Is it Kansas or Kentucky? So Virginia, it was, I it was, thought. It was Virginia, Virginia, and they were making they were distilling some whiskey and they were blending it with Scotch, with yeah. a Highland Scotch. And so what they called it is a Virginia Highland whiskey or something like that. And the SWA blew up that they were using the word Highland. Right. Well, there's there are highlands in Virginia too. I mean, it's right. not just it's a geographic term. Term, right? <laughs> and they but they intentionally use highland because it, it is blended with a highland scotch. So the SWA got, and so I think they were able to continue to sell that bottling, but no more after that. Yeah, you're done. Kind of what it came came down to. And, and you know, I think a lot of I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a government entity. It's a trade association. But right? it's still powerful. Right. Oh, they've, well, they've powerful. got a lot of money behind it and a lot of reason to protect their product. Yeah, I can't imagine so, what McCallum pays for dues. I can't. $4.3 so billion. Honestly, if you want an idea, go look at their board of directors. Yep. Go look at the board of directors and the resume behind those people. Like you said, it's big money. these are not people that are just coming off the street and saying, hey, I need a little freaking volunteer work on my resume. These people are at the top of major corporations like Diageo yep. and Edrington and, and whatnot. Yep. And those companies are pumping in money because the SWA needs the firepower to be able to make waves. And they do. They've yep. got it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. kind of look at the structure mm -hmm. and, and how they do their thing. Okay. And, yeah. you know, I, I get it. You know, I mean, it's the same with any trade association. If you go to sure. the National Restaurant Association, it's all CEOs of the largest, like, you know, it's McDonald's. Right. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. it's people that have billions of dollars behind them and have right. and have money that they want to protect. So, you know, it just kind of is what it is. So. I like how Sub 10 says in the UK, we don't call it scotch. We call it whiskey. Yes, you're absolutely right. Been to Scotland, and I know that's what it's referred to. Until you go to court. <laughs> well, I, I just want to live in Scotland so I can just call it whiskey and not have to refer to it right? as scotch. I'm so sick of all these people. On. <laughs> you're just going to make it in your bathtub anyway. That's what are you, right. What are you fooling, yeah, man? Right. So I, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's an interesting... Like you guys should all go to their website and just kind of check them out a little bit. It's interesting to look because that's the governing body for our favorite beverage. They're powerful. I mean, they they dictate what casks this stuff yep. goes in, how old it has to be, you know, what ABVs it has to be. Like all of that stuff is detailed out by these guys. Even you, even the tra the transport of it all, right? They have to go through that with you know. We were talking to Steph about that, you know, in our our interview with her on our podcast, and she was talking oh, yeah. about having to, you know. All the OPs and, and Spay and all these different places going through 
the SNWA to make sure that they're following regulations and that with COVID and how it's all kind of being set up. So yeah, I mean, they honestly they, they are a lot stronger than people probably think and have much more influence than you think they do. And if you really want to understand their influence, when you're looking on their website and you're looking at these, who are we? Looking at their board of directors or their CEO, their leadership team or whatever. Look at their resumes and see where they come from. You know, their current CEO is, is, is not somebody that even comes from the freaking spirits industry. She comes from government. She comes from trade right. association yep. government, right? Scotch is just the next right. they, they pulled her in when she was done with her political aspirations and said, you've got pull. You've yeah. got connections. So you have political connection. Here's a paycheck. Right. Boom. Come lead us. I mean, it's... It, it's big. It's big money. It's big power. But it's also got, I think, I think, the right intentions to protect my favorite beverage. I mean, yeah. I mean, do they overreach sometimes? Absolutely. But I mean, a, a lot of a lot of things like that happen. No, I can't wear sure, a you're absolutely no. So, so there's a there's a comment uh, from Tom R asking if Dr. Scotch is okay. He does not have COVID. He's not he's not coming today because Doc because you know. Dr. Scotch likes his analytical tools better, and SWA doesn't really fit tonight. Well, I, maybe one a category you could have talked about, I guess. Mm. But well, there could have been occupational good. safety. No, I don't know about I don't that. Know about that one. But. <laughs> well, I, I think we kind of beat SWA down to, to, to death. I, I talked more than I thought we did. Honest. Honest. I honestly <laughs> want to make one point that you texted earlier, and I was actually pleased. Um, when it comes to it all. We actually, we actually know one of the yeah. board members. So I'm, I'm looking through the uh, the website today, and I wanted to look at the executive team and uh, Patricia from Spay Whiskey. Uh, She's a board member. Is a board member. So she is actually she was an observational board member until March, and then they voted her in. So I guess it's kind of like an internship, maybe, is yeah, what it sounded board, like. Like, yeah. sure, here's what right. we do, you know, just to make sure that you're cool with it and you're okay with the duties that you're going to have to perform. And then they, I guess they voted her in in March, I believe. Uh, so, I mean... We were supposed to see her in June. Yep. Yes. So, she's a super fun lady. So, she's great. And, you know, the, the nice thing about her is that you know, of all the resumes that I looked through, a lot of the people were, it was more corporate, a, an industrial corporate background. Right. It was logistics. It was marketing. Supply it was chain. supply oh, chain shit. stuff. And she was one of the few that was on there that was like, I make whiskey. Right. Like I came and turned this to story around. About, yeah. And they, they were very specific <laughs> about her qualifications. Right. And so, I mean, it was, it was good to see a name like that. And you know, they're, their distillery puts out some good stuff, so no doubt Dude. about that. Um, so it's nice to know that we know somebody Dude, on that there. That Fumara they and put out. We, we may have to try and get her on a on a podcast. Uh, I think that'd be fun. I, I think she'd appreciate it, be, especially with COVID going around. We can't do anything. It'd be a great opportunity yeah. for us to get out. And I'd like to ask somebody that's on the executive board more questions about what they do. You know, what, how do you spend your oh, time? That would be a Obviously, lot of fun. That'd be an you're not meeting that. every day. No, they meet four know? times a year. I yeah, it's not that. And so, you know, what do you focus on? How do you choose those topics? You know, what's important to the industry? Because obviously this is an industry group. Why do you focus on certain things over others? And, and you know, who controls that? So There's a question from everyone. Hindering transparency rules. Why? That Why is something that? that I would love to talk to them about. And I think that that comes down to a lot of, you know, that it's a slow turn, right? It's it's people on the outside that are pushing the boundaries like Compass Box that are like, "Why I want to put this on my box. What do you mean I can't do that? You know, like if those guys don't want to put what they're putting in the bottle, that's fine. But I'd like to put every single ingredient on my list, so you know? It very well may be, in, until you ask, it very well may be, you know, a 30 or 40 year old thing. You know, right. somebody 30 or 40, the, the, whoever was the executive, the, the chairman of the board 30 or 40 years ago, put that rubber stamp on it and it's just, it takes that long to turn the ship. Well, and, no well, and it might issues. also be, it might also be that a smaller company like Compass Box can track all that stuff. 
If you went to oh, that's a good. If point. you went to like Whitehorse or Dewars, oh. and you're like, okay, well, you're gonna have to list out every distillery and every ingredient that's in your bottle, and they're like, uh, like we just, well, I, I just put four thousand well, casks. It's called into a that. vat for well, a reason. We, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we put all this together to to match it to a specific flavor profile. Not, you know, I don't know if it's gonna be this right. the next time. And, we put and it I don't, in I there. don't want to put a batch number on my bottle. Right. right. Because every and, batch is and different. And so, I mean, I'm sure that there's I, some of that I don't want to hand too. you the recipe for my well, well, that's a good point, yeah. too. I'm not going to tell and, you. And also, they don't necessarily want to tell that their right. uh, Johnny Walker White label is is 95% grain whiskey and 1% five-year-old malt. I mean, and that... <laughs> is that it 1%? Be, well, that's what I'm well, saying. But, I mean, so, I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of those kinds of considerations. And so, they, you know, it's a trade association. They've got to take everybody's view into account. And try and do what's right for the brand itself. Sure. So it's a tough call, man. I, I mean, I don't bureaucracy. Even, we would like to see more transparency, but as an industry, they well, may think, not be able to. So or I, I will to talk. That. So I work in a regulated industry, and the fewer regulations you have, the more flexibility you have. So when we mm -hmm. would register a process, a manufacturing process, we want to register what's important, but not everything that we do, because. As, as a business, you want to increase yields, you want to increase profits, you want to increase sure. margins, you want to change the process to use less expensive solvents, efficiency. all those kind of things, efficiency. So if you register every bit of your process, then I can't, I have no room to work. Right. You just gave away the farm. I, and, and so now <laughs> I've registered this, so I might as well stop spending any time improving it, getting it more efficient, getting it cheaper for the customer right. or anything like that, because I can't, there's nothing I can do there. Right. So by minimizing that registration on the, so you put in the basics and not the full. Exactly. Plus, again, it becomes public. Right. And so now anybody can take my recipe and make my whiskey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Fair John's enough. the only person that's doing it, right? Well, well and, but and he, even he's day, vague. I mean, he, he does. He, there's a little bit of vagueness, and there's the there's exact sample or. It's, you can that. also question he's being vague because of the rules of the SWA. I think that's Or that, he's yeah. being vague because at the end of the day, you, you don't want to give 100% of no. your recipe. I mean, at, look at Tesla as an example. If Tesla just put out there exactly how they did this, how do you think it would fare? They actually do sell their patents. Or their, the patents are free, aren't they? At least they not, were for a while. Not 100% of them. I mean, yeah. it's there's, no, there's no way they're going to give everything, but yes. they're going to give enough at that because it creates more sure. marketing for them. It, but it, at the end of the day, they, you don't want to give, you, but you put a lot of money into R&D. You put yeah. a lot of money into figuring this recipe for this bottle out, and now you, you but I that's, have to But let's be fair down. to John, too. He's a smart businessman. He knows marketing. That's also a pull. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're going to buy something because sure. they are being transparent. Sure. And it's, and, and it's good. People do like that. I, I mean, it's I good. like it to an extent, but I also appreciate the fact that they deserve the right to remain, to, to, to keep their recipe. They made it. They, That's true. I yeah. don't know. It's a, it, honestly, this was a way bigger well, discussion. Man, we killed it well, there's a lot of interesting comments on here. Um, so, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of, a lot of opinions, positive and negative. And there's definitely some stuff about the SWA that I don't appreciate, you know? Sure. But it's kind of one of those deals that you get trade associations or government entities or quasi-government entities, and you kind of have to work within their boundaries. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you've got to, you know, if it's my business, if I'm selling a billion dollars worth of scotch a year, yeah, I'm going to spend some money to make sure that you guys don't mess things up for me, you <laughs> know? And, and so, I, an and, you know, every industry has things that, you know, observers from the outside are like, why in the hell would you do it that way? That doesn't make any sense at all. Right. And from the inside, you're like, well, I have to do it that it way. Total it's the only way right. you can do this. You Monday know? quarter, Monday quarterback. So at the end of the day, I kind of give them a, a little bit of latitude because I don't know what goes on behind the scenes really at all in that right. industry. It's there's a ton of stuff behind the scenes and you know i'm in the industry i'm an end user but i know people that are actively involved at a lot of different levels and there's so many different regulations and things that they have to deal with that i never in a hundred years even considered so you know there's some stuff that i'm like you know what you just okay you know i'm gonna take it as a grain of salt but that's just kind of the way it has to be <laughs> well 
Very good. This was cool. I, I This went way deeper than I thought I was going to go, guys, especially for the amount of information that you can find out. We didn't even touch the surface, to be honest. But, it, no, we did a pretty good job. Yeah, we, 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 like, we like hit their website and dis discussed it, but we didn't like go to... I'm still impressed with how far we got down with actually the amount of information we were able to get. So I, I'm, I hope that... Everyone that's listening on podcast found this interesting and enough to go and look. Go out there, click their website, check them out, see who they are. They've got a lot of information on there. Right. Really. If, if, if you're a bourbon drinker, just a regular whiskey drinker of all sorts, go check out industries and you know other bourbon industries, American whiskey industries, Canadian. That these associations exist and see who they are because they influence your favorite beverage. Sure. Right. Yep. Um, fun stuff and. This is our this is our heart, right? I, honestly, I, I looked into joining. How can we join? We can't, right? I was like, <laughs> not unless we to be a member, right? Unless but you buy can't. a distillery. Well, buy we're, a work, distillery, then we're still can... working on that, Sean. We make one barrel a year. Here's our twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Can I be on one of the committees? Can I please? Um, anything else? I don't. Uh, we're 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 gonna shut it down here. And I, I had a good show. I, I had a very really good conversation, good Sean. Thank you. Thank you, podcasters, for listening. Thank you, viewers, for watching. Appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And uh, we will see you next week at the same time.